Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Ronnie Kobo, founder and designer of her namesake fashion brand. When I hear Ronnie Kobo, I think fabulous party dresses, and of course, there aren't many special occasions for those these days. So I wanted to see how the brand has been getting by since March, how it's been switching gears. Welcome, Ronnie. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. Thank you for being here. We talked, gosh, probably mid-July last time, and you did kind of speak to some changes you're making. Am I correct, though? Your your bread and butter, your main, your main focus to this point has been dresses, special occasion wear. Y- yes, it's kind of evolved into that. Uh, I'm super connected to my customer and the community that the brand has built, where I'm very grateful for. And I really design for that community and that customer. And we evolve as women, you know, we are chameleons in terms of our wardrobe and we, uh, you know, we keep on evolving. So I, uh, I started to, you know, usually when I design, I think of what would I wear? What would my girl, what would our community wear at this time? So that part was really helpful when we were uh, kind of redesigning the line uh, and the brand for the next few months that we have ahead of us. And um, it's still fun, flirty and sexy. You know, usually everything I design, I always say, if I can't dance in it, I'm not wearing it. (laughs) We had designed a season called Transitional, which would usually be our resort delivery. Um, but we felt that you don't have seasons right now at, at all. I mean, my girl is not buying into seasons. She's not saying fall. She's not saying holidays. She's not saying... She's just buying transitional wardrobe, which always has been my favorite to design. Mm-hmm. Um It's because it's always a little more watered down and it's kind of uh, basic and the most basic way the most basic that we can do the Ronnie Kobo you know design team can execute yes we did a lot of knitwear which I thought was very uh relevant now so we did knitwear sets we did beautiful joggers with gorgeous sweaters with shoulder pads or accentuated shoulders um you know sweaters with little bralettes uh, that was what, uh, you know, jumpsuits and knitwear, uh, knitwear dresses, which I feel can be dressed down or, um, dressed up. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we did a few of our silks, but we, we, we were very casual with the way that we, uh, designed them. We still went forward with all of our vegan leathers because I feel like if there is an office that we, some of us are lucky enough to go to, or a dinner, vegan leather pants is, is not is not too dressy. For sure. Uh, so we tapped into her, our girl. I'm the girl, and it was really it was really a fluid. It was a fluid transition. Amazing. So this is taking place of your resort collection. Do you foresee that um, you, these pieces will stick around? They'll be a, they'll have a permanent place in your uh, selection in your inventory and. Or, yeah, will you kind of flip back to the old way as things kind of open back up and parties parties ramp up? I mean, I hope parties will ramp up, you know, and I hope we can, you know, learn from the past and move forward, learn a little bit for the past, take what's in the current and move forward with it together. So I definitely think the line will probably evolve eventually within a year, you know, a year and a half into, you know, dressy and then the staples in your wardrobe. And uh, what I love about what we design right now is that it's not, uh, it's not a trend that you, you, you kind of would outgrow after a year or two. It's really staples in your wardrobe. And I, I think that, um, 
in terms of inventory, uh, I do think it's going to be something that we're going to revolve in terms of changing colors. And uh, my my vision is to keep a lot of our inventory on web and e-com. I don't know yes. about you, Jill, but <laughs> I have been shopping, all of my shopping, and I guess 90% of it has moved to strictly web purchases in the past couple of months. Absolutely. So we're really focusing on a digital push uh, and really focusing on our in, our website moving forward. Okay, great. Like leading up to this in March, what was the breakdown in terms of your own um, direct DTC sales online? And do you, have you got a store right now? Uh, no, we don't have we don't have a retail store. I didn't uh, think so. Yeah, luckily, luckily, I but I, <laughs> I, I I would still welcome a retail concept store, uh, not just having clothing. Um, but a, a concept. And I think that would be in the horizon, you know, in about a year and a half or a year or two. Yeah. What would that look like? Would that be small? Would that be convenient? Would it be about, yeah, coming in and in and out? Like, what, what, how would you envision physical retail moving forward? What would make sense for your brand? My brand would probably makes sense to have a, a, some kind of cafe, a vegan, you know, e- easy cafe to meet with your friends and have lunch in, small, a couple of tables. Then we would have access to, you know, amazing uh, shoes um, and accessories that would be branded and non-branded. Um, I'd love to, you know, I- I'd love to have a little bit of things that I feel are missing in the market that are really hard to find good underwear, you know, just kind of a kind of a concept store, maybe some books, just things that represent my lifestyle and uh, both branded and non-branded, whether it's my favorite candles or my favorite perfume from France and, you know, having that concept store and creating a kind of hangout area for my girl to come in. And, you know, um, I I still really love a personal shopper to, you know, and a in private rooms, uh, it would be more of a concept store. And, you know, we would, as we would kind of dive into that, there'd be so much that would come through it, um, come from, evolve from the concept. Would you say that that store would be in New York? Yeah, it would have to represent me. I always think that something that has, that you execute has to come from the, you know, the creator of the brand and has to be authentic to them. So I'm from New York. It would have to be authentic. I'm also launching a swim this coming spring. Oh, great. And I think that, uh, you know, I think, you know, it would either be New York or somewhere warm that I'm connected to for the swim aspect. Um, and uh, that's that's where we're kind of going. But most of the reason for uh, the retail that I'd be interested in doing would be retail that would attract customers eventually to the website. So it would put less pressure on making the revenue every week to pay the rent and more about the bigger picture of what we were what we were creating, what store, what community, welcoming women and yes. attracting that to the e-com and web sales. Have you tested pop-ups in the past? No, not yet. I want to do it the right way. And I, I don't know if I would do a pop-up, I think I would actually take the plunge and make the commitment and be confident. Yeah, I like it. You mentioned kind of having those non-branded items in store to kind of round out the lifestyle, round out the look. Have you um, any thought, I know a lot of brands are trying that online with kind of an on-site marketplace on their own on their own e-commerce site. Is that something you've considered as well? 
Um, you know what? I haven't yet. And I think it would have to come from the store first to yeah. really understand what, you know, what works. But I also feel that I, I, I'd like to really work on my brand on the website for the next year, just so I can perfect it and make it, you know, the easiest way to navigate sales and uh, on, 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 on our side and really make it consumer friendly before I would, you know, focus on other areas. Yes. But what's been your relationship with wholesale partners to date? Do you believe, still believe in that model? Um, and yeah, I guess for awareness, I almost said, what good are they for? But are they still good? <laughs> you know what? Uh, my partnerships that have, uh, that are uh, online are, are still very strong and they're still doing well. Um, I actually believe in the boutiques in, you know, in, you know, suburbs or, you know, small communities, um, because I do feel that it's easier to pop into your neighborhood store um, than, you know, obviously the big department stores are a little scary. Um, yeah. I feel like we're going to, as customers, we're, we still are missing that contact. We're missing trying on, you know, two or three sizes of jeans. Not, not all of us have, you know, big, uh, you know, spending budgets on our credit cards. Right. So we, we do miss that, that, you know, coming in and trying four different sizes and feeling that out. And I feel like that a, a, a boutique in a, in a neighborhood or in a suburb is a lot more approachable than a department store or a bigger, you know, kind of store in, in a big city. Um, yeah. I feel like that the department stores are going to probably take a big hit. Luckily, we have not seen uh, a lot of canceled styles and canceled orders. I'm sure that, you know, we are prepared for that in the future. Um, but I think that retail is going to change drastically in the next uh, Yes. In the next yeah, we're all going digital. We're all going online. And, you know, and even uh, the local boutiques, they're going to need to figure out a way to communicate with their customer digitally. If it's not on, you know, online website, maybe it's on a chat or maybe it's on a, a you know, sh photo sharing stream. Um, but we're all needing to figure out the future. And while we have been evolving to that towards that direction, we have been slammed with the reality of right now change must happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Survival mode. Yes. We have no choice. We have to go punch straight into it. Yes. Did you find yourself um, stuck with, um, not only because of maybe canceled orders, but because like we said, occasions weren't happening, a lot of um, inventory for spring and summer that you had to figure out what to do with? Well, we, we were heading in that direction and I quickly restyled the dresses and showed a way that we can wear them in a casual way. Uh, a lot of my, um, a lot of my content on Instagram kind of tells that story where you have a lot of girls in beach areas or barefoot or with flat shoes and sneakers. Um, and I think it was a styling change that needed to occur in the line. And since we've done that, we've had uh, a lot less inventory both with our retailers and uh, on our e on our website. Oh, great! Tell me about those girls because I definitely follow one of them, and I would love to know your your take on influencers or ambassadors or just friends of the brand. Like who I follow is Janae Lombardo, and I always see her wearing your clothes. Um, what's the relationship there? And yes, who who I guess is effective in kind of setting the tone, the style of the season for you? 
look, you know, as women, uh, we go out and we end up mingling in uh, work situations. And, you know, I would like to be optimistic and say, you know, 14 out of 20 women you feel some sort of connection with. And from that 14, there's probably three that you really develop, you know, friendships with. And I would say, in my case, you know, I was lucky enough to develop three friendships, real solid uh, friendships with some of the people. And that would be Janae Lombardo, who I find extremely intelligent, talented, um, fashion forward, forward thinking, um, spiritual. Uh, I feel that she's, she's, she's an incredible woman and I, I love and welcome all the incredible women I meet through work. She being one of them. Um, so we started working together and collaborating because we, we have very similar visions and, uh, a true friendship evolved. And I think that's why you say her at first, because it's authentic and goes back to the beginning of what I was saying is that whatever you're executing on digitally has to feel authentic to you because for some reason the camera can spot things that are not authentic. I will go online and I will see influencers on certain websites uh, and I'll know which one is authentic and which one is not. And I feel like even not being in the business, I would feel that. Uh, so most of the women that I, I work with are women that I like or that I respect or that represent something that I, 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 I ethically am behind. And, you know, um, so everyone there is pretty much a personal relationship. There's also a few people who are just super creative and have beautiful photos that I also welcome. Yeah. But um, it's very important who we support these days especially with all the political changes where the world is going through. And uh, you really have to research, you know, as, as a brand owner, you really have to take that responsibility and say, okay, I, I can't post someone who I feel, you know, I'm not ethically aligned with. And you have to be very careful with who you post. There's been a lot of influencers who, you know, have not been very ethical or who are not, uh, you know, politically aligned with my my ethics, and uh, it's while while I might like them personally, it's very important as a brand owner. I'm giving the right messages of what I represent and who we are. Yes, you're the first person who's volunteered that information. I, I ask that a lot. If you're really doing more um, scouting for these influencers, more research on the influencers before you make a deal with them, that's interesting. Um, are you? Is it more so a gifting relationship as opposed to like pumping a lot of dollars into influencers right now? Yeah, it's sometimes gifting, sometimes lending. It's it's uh you know, and sometimes it's uh yeah, it's we don't we don't uh, our relationships are are very very important to us and it's a give and take. So it's, it's a lot of it's gifting, but it's, you know, I feel connected to these women there. Some of them are really, really exceptional women. And I, I love to uh, see them in my clothes. Uh, Carolyn Freeland is one of them. I, mean, I love when she wears my clothes. She's such an iconic person and, and figure yes. in my eyes. And she's so talented and, and deep and soulful and, uh, 
and educated and li- in the literature world. I, I find it, I find, I find it, you know, very inspiring when she wears my clothes and she's a friend and um, she's one uh, person who I gift and I enjoy every gift that she gets <laughs> more than her probably. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, I, I, I and the list goes on and on and on from the influencers, and each one represents something that I I I, I admire and connect to. Yeah. So, who? What else in the marketing area is working to acquire customers, drive sales? Where are you putting that marketing budget now? I'm sure, like many, maybe it's pulled back. But what's what's happening in marketing? I used to have a vision for activation trips where I bring a bunch of girls together and we would go somewhere. That was my vision. It would be, we did, we did Paris, we did Miami with, with Intermix. We've done uh, London with Revolve. Um, So I, I I thought of, you know, creating these fabulous trips with uh, women that, you know, with women that don't necessarily mix and kind of mixing together. And they've, 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 it's been lovely but obviously we're not going on trips anymore. So it's constantly creating uh, fun marketing ideas. I have two that I'm, I'm working on right now, uh, which are all digital because that's the only place we've been forced to go. Yes. Where are you putting your marketing dollars now? Is it the usual Facebook, Instagram? Uh, is it Google search also? Google search is a good one. Ads we do, but I, I'm really focusing on the content of our ads. Um, when I focus less on what's going to sell and how to push something is when I come up with the best ideas. And yep. I think a lot of creative people say that when they're not focusing on money and they're not focusing on driving sales and they're focusing on their vision and uh, you know, creating and keeping in touch with their community, I think they come up with the best ideas. So I'm kind of in that transitional phase right now with what is marketing today. Yeah. Uh, I have some unique ideas I have written down that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in exploring. Uh, For have, sure. Not, not, yet, not yet plunged into, but I really want to hear, uh, I'm all about uh, supporting women and genuinely, I know we hear that word a lot in that sentence, but I genuinely really want to support women. I love introducing people to each other and, and, and seeing, you know, my introductions flourish into something beautiful and uh, something successful. And I want to f- somehow tie women and their voices together where it's nice. an interesting connection and sure, wearing fashionable clothes is a great accessory. And then, and, uh, uh, that's where I'm. I'm. I'm going. Is is creating a voice where the women are involved. I'm also working on a new Instagram. Uh, you know, Instagram vision right now for the next two three months, where it involves my favorite artists, uh, and um, oh great, implementing them with the images that we're going to be posting, and I'm very excited about that. Awesome. Are you a kind of a crucial element to building the community? Do you do you need to have your face out there? Do you need to be commenting on the posts? Um, you yourself, the face of to be the face of the brand. I think I could push my face a little bit more. I'm usually uh, very private. A lot of women in, in industry who are very you know v- who are very fluent in, in Instagram and social media. Sometimes they're like, wow you know, you're a fashion, you're a fashionista, you know, you're, you're in our demographic. Like we've never seen you before. And I think the more and more I come out, the more, uh, community I'm able to build. And I'm working on that, you know, in the future and becoming less, um, 
less private and being okay with being a little vulnerable and, you know, being uh, generous with sharing all my uh, inspirations. So I'm becoming a little more of that. Also, my team is getting bigger because a lot of the times I was spread too thin doing everything as, you know, as a growing business. Um, But my team's gotten bigger and it's allowing me to have more free time to uh, market, you know, who I am, because you really understand a brand when you know its founder and you know it's uh, its vision, the person behind the vision. I feel like that's something rare that that your team is getting bigger <laughs> in the last year. I don't know if I've heard that much. Um, can you tell me about, uh, I guess, maybe where you're put- investing, where you're pulling back, what's been happening since March, if maybe temporary furloughs were, were part of the, the equation? Look, we have two ways to look at this. Uh, the market's changing. Uh, I feel there's we have two ways to go about it. We can downsize what we're doing and kind of weather the storm, or we can seize the moment and understand that there's opportunity and finding out where is that opportunity. And since March, that's the journey I've decided to take. If for me, it was a fork in the road. Do I downsize? Do I, you know, make the smallest lines? Do I deliver, you know, half the amount of deliveries? Or do I go on a journey to find out the opportunities in this moment. So I've taken that journey yeah. and I'm excited about it. And I don't have the answers always. And I'm wake up every morning and I, you know, you know, put my shirt on, you know, as a metaphor. And I really <laughs> embark on that journey. And I think that it's a wonderful challenge for people who are warriors. And I'd like to be, I'd like to pursue uh, the warrior side of me and, and find that. Yes. So I I rented one of your dresses from Newly. This was like for an 11 honoré event and it was black and just like you were saying plunging with the big shoulders and it had um oh my gosh, like rainbow colored, I I believe like shapes. Anyway, it was beautiful. Um but Newly Rental is is that still a, a strong partner for you? Um why did that make sense at the time? Um I think if you asked me 8 months ago about renting uh rentals, I would think it was I would say this is the new way. This is the new business. Just because of the interns and um, girls I have in my office, a lot of them, um, some of them actually only had, you know, a, a rental rental companies, you know, replenishing their wardrobe once every two weeks. And um, I think the rental companies are going to probably take a big hit because you're wearing the rental clothes somewhere. You know, you're wearing it to dinner. You're wearing it on a date. You're wearing it to a party, you're wearing it to the office. All those things for the next six months are not happening. I mean, a lot of people are not going to the office every day. Uh, Their dates are very different than what it would be. You know, a date night top was like what I heard when I entered the industry. There's, you know, what is a date night top? It's what you would wear on a date. You know, so you think about (laughs) sitting across from someone at a restaurant or at a bar, you know, you know, something a little sexy, but not too much. And um, that whole date night, concept is, you know, now not really, you know, in a restaurant or in a bar. It's uh, probably, I mean, I haven't dated for 15 years, but I would assume (laughs) it's probably at a a house or, you know, walking in the park or, you know, something like that. Um, So all of these rental companies were servicing a certain, a busy girl, you know, a busy woman, a, a woman who's constantly needing to, you know, wear clothes and doesn't want to purchase, you know, and purchase, would rather not purchase a $500 dress, but more have an investment of having, you know, a revolving wardrobe. And, uh, 
I don't think that's relevant right now. You know? Yes. Yes. That makes sense to me. Overall, direct to consumer, as you're talking to these investors, would you, what's ideal for you? Would you like to be 70, 80 direct to consumer percent direct to consumer or where are you going there? I, I do really love my, my, uh, my, my customers, my buyers. I, I love my partnerships with my stores. I learn a tremendous amount about product when I collaborate with my major stores or even, you know, on, and even the boutiques and seeing what they're buying and how they're buying every market. I learn so much and I learn on how to develop. So I, I don't want to say 80%, you know, web because, uh, I still want my customers. I still believe in them. Um, yes. I'd like to say like, sure, like maybe 50, 50 is, is a good split, you know? Yeah, totally. Will you still do exclusives for them? Oh, absolutely. Because I think that now that we're going to have less deliveries, uh, I'm going to work on exclusives with the buyers. And these buyers are so savvy. I mean, they're all such uh, fashionable women and they lead these, uh, this, uh, you know, uh, lifestyles of running to different showrooms and it's quite glamorous for a lot of people. And, uh, it's also, uh, these women are extremely intelligent. It's a lot of, it's very numbers driven. So it's not just fashion, it's numbers. Tell me, I feel like you are no stranger to evolution here. Tell me about what, um, torn by, um, Ronnie Kobo and maybe phasing in and out and what, what, what happened there? (laughs) Well, Torn by Ronnie Kobo was started when I was in graduate school and uh, I uh, started to, I created a sweat line because, uh, and because that's really what I love is sweatpants and sweatshirts, which people find very ironic because we make <laughs> party clothes. Um, but I, uh, we started uh, sweatpants and sweatshirts and it was, uh, it was a great hit. All the stores bought us the first season and um, it was that season uh that everybody started wearing, dressing up more and the sweats were kind of not really relevant. And they hit the stores during that, that time. I think the peak of when people started saying, okay, well I'm dressing up. Oh no! And, uh, it, it, it forced us to evolve the second season and we decided that we would just create t-shirts and I was well known for my t-shirts with all my animals. Uh, and that's really how the business started. Uh, we had to restart the business uh, the second season in and we did all t-shirts and I was very well known for, Torn was very well known for animal t-shirts, cheetahs, zebras. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you remember that it was uh, it was a big hit. Definitely, uh, uh, it would be really fun to see so many people on the street wearing the t-shirts. Uh, they were kind of fashion t-shirts at the moment at the time. Yeah, and uh, we ended up uh, evolving season after season. Customers would want to have uh, a t-shirt dress, and then they would want to have. We'd want to, you know, implement one sweater as an accessory to the t-shirts and. Next thing we knew, the line evolved into this totally dressy line. And it was time for us to, you know, take that and restart the label properly as a collection. And that's how I started Ronnie Kobo is that Torn was, had started from sweats and then it was t-shirts and then it was sweaters and then it was started to go dressy. And I thought, you know what, let's give Torn, you know, Torn was in the past. Let's move forward and do what I've always wanted to do was Ronnie Kobo. And that was my dream. Yeah. So... Uh, the one thing that I want to mention to you that I didn't get to tell you was uh, 
about a sweat line that we're doing. Uh, during COVID, I was uh, needing to be creative. Um, I found myself not being able to be in the factories, which was really hard for me because it's, it's, it's a source of uh, therapy for me. And um, I started uh, ordering a bunch of uh, men's surplus clothes, like an overstock or army or t-shirts. And I got down to the basics. I started sewing and cutting and I created this beautiful line of uh, sweats and t-shirts. I would take crop sweatshirts and crop them and sew shoulder pads on them. And we we really created this beautiful line Um, and we calling it Oboke, which is my name spelled backwards. And oh, nice. Launch, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. And that launches in stores uh, in October. We are doing an exclusive with Revolve in October. And then end of October, early November, we'll be in other retailers. And uh, you'll be seeing it quite often because we're going to be selling it on our website. Oh, my gosh. That's so interesting. So is that a, an entirely different team? Is it the team you're used to working with? No, I love my team. My team is like my people. We are always on the same vision, whether we're making swimwear or we're making dresses or we're making sweatpants. We are very connected creatively and we do it together, all of us. And I think it was a a good therapy for all of us uh, just to kind of break uh, for for that month that we were creating it. And it was pretty quick. It was very, very fluid and it was fast and we knew what we were doing and uh, I think the line is very exciting. Yes. Will you be using or looking to your current customer base to, um, yes, Absolutely. giving the announcement? Go ahead. Absolutely. Sorry to interrupt you. Absolutely. We're going to be very excited to introduce it to our customer. And uh, uh, we will, you know, it'll mostly be on our website, but I think it's going to be a big hit. You know, right now in the market, there's only four sweat brands that I think uh, I would buy maybe even three, if I wasn't wearing my own. And I was thinking, what, what would, what, what's missing? What kind of sweatpants is missing? And my sweatpants are so cool. You can put a belt through them and they're almost like a paper bag. Oh, and cute. Yeah, we sell some with bandanas. We have some with our horoscopes. I'm very big into astrology. So we yeah. have some horoscope sweatpants uh, <laughs> uh, with your, your horoscope sign, uh, oversized jackets and T-shirts, shoulder pads, sweatshirts, um, jumpsuits, uh, casual uh, sweat jump, sweatsuit jumpsuits. So tell me again, what's the launch date for that? The launch date is October 15th. Okay, great. We're going to you know, announce it on our website. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be amazing. I really do. I love it. I love it. And I believe in it. And, uh, and that's really what we, that's really comes to like, your question is what we need to do as designers and brand owners, business owners, is we really need to love and believe that where we're going is going to be a successful, um, you know, venture, a successful move. And you yes. really, you know, meditation and, you know, daily meditation really helps me focus, uh, focus and focus on believing in what I'm doing and believing in having the confidence to go and get it done and, yes. uh, make, and, and know that it's going to be successful. What are your, what are you projecting? What are your predictions for that, that line? Is it do you, a small piece of the pie maybe for year one? Do you expect that to grow to maybe up to 50%? You know, I, 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 it's going to be like a growth or not. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be 
it's going to, and I think it's going to be, but I don't think it's anything in the middle. And I don't like to put numbers on a new concept that I'm starting right away. I'd like to, you know, have a very, very low expenses and really not put a lot of pressure on it um, right away. Figure out who the customer is, what she's buying, what she likes from what you're putting out there, and then figure out where you can grow and uh, at what pace. I personally think it'll be like 50 to like 70% growth in the first year, but you, you never know, you know, you never know until you put it out there and you see the response. It's like a song. It's like any kind of artist who's putting out something. You just really never know until, until it's out there. For sure. What does it take to be able to take chances like that? Is it about having, um, do you lean on investors? Do you, are you, um, yes. What's going on there? Investors. That's the big, the big, big thing right now is, is making, you know, investors are usually very, very cautious and uh, very conservative and, you know, you know, the creatives are, you know, very passionate and they're very excited to explore the new. Um, so currently we are fundraising, you know, we, we are fundraising right now and we're open to, and new to investors primarily for my, the new ideas and the new pushes that we want to do digitally and the, the new categories that we want to expand into. Uh, so we're definitely looking for investors and, uh, we've been doing it over zoom, which has been very interesting. Um, Oh, wow which I think has been successful. You know, I thought it would be a lot less successful than it has been uh, because you, you know, when you're uh, face to face with someone, there's an energy exchange that you have and there's, um, there's a a chemistry that you, you, you both are looking for and there's an understanding of, you know, vision and, and uh, just uh, ethics that you kind of pick up when you're with someone one-on-one, but zoom has been, um, Zoom has been really successful, honestly. In a, in a way, it's been you, you're able to focus a lot more on on uh, on you know each other's faces and what you're saying, and you don't have the distractions of you know one on one, you know, in person. I, I I it's sad actually to think about that because we've been so productive in terms of design and and uh, sales and production and marketing. We've been so successful on these Zoom calls because we're so focused, you know. Um, it, sure. it's, it's been very easy working from home and remotely. And, and, and right. I think and there's some people that I've been working with for the past six months that I've never met in real life. And they're like, oh my gosh. and I have relationships with them. Nice. I, have, I also have on the side a private trainer, that a yoga trainer that I know so well, and I've never met her. And it's just, <laughs> we've just been online together, you know? Yes. That's so exciting. When you're on Zooming with these investors, what gets them excited? What do they want to know? They want to know about your growth. They want to know, num- yeah, your growth to date. Is that a big, the big thing? A lot of them want to know the questions you were asking is, where are you going? Where do you want to go now? Because a lot of them are understanding the risk, the risks of retail, the risks of the changes that are happening, the risks, uh, you know, of of, of sales, uh, a decrease in sales. So uh, you have to kind of address that uh, when when you're speaking to investors. You know, a lot of them want to see expenses, uh, less 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 expenses, and how yeah. do you propose to have less expenses? And it's, uh, 
smaller lines, obviously, uh, smaller lines, really more focused, smaller lines, which has actually been a pleasure because now we really look into what we know will sell or what we know, what we love. I know one, yes. of, one of me, my designers, I always tell her, her name's Lauren. I say, Lauren, are you wearing this? Are you really wearing this? Am I really wearing this? <laughs> and then we say, no, we're not. So we move, we move on and we yes. just are designing the things that we know we're going to wear, the things we know we're going to buy online, and uh, it's led us to our our transitional de- our transitional delivery that uh, we're going to be posting for pre we're going to be having on pre order on our on our site uh, October fifteenth as well. Yes, you mentioned um, missing visiting your factories. How are you able to launch the? Um, a new transitional line and your new sweats line. And um, have you experienced, I guess, interruptions in, uh, in production? What's going on there? I mean, I have to salute the people, the the people in the garment industry uh, in, especially on uh, in in New York city's district. They have been uh, very, very much uh, fighting for their businesses and creating samples. Um, so we basically did a lot of messengering in FedEx, whether it was from China factories or local factories, and we would do fittings on Zoom and uh, or on videos. And uh, we would share it and we would kind of messenger it back to the factories. And we had no physical contact, which uh, has been wildly successful in terms of execution of product. Yes. Do you go back to the office or do you just want to keep working remotely? You know, I kind of want to cry when you just asked me that. Like I really (laughs) wanted to burst into tears. I have not been in my office since February. Just call it quits. Do you just work at home? (laughs) I have not been there since February and I actually have been so much more productive outside of the office than I, than I am inside of the office. Um, I do miss it though. I miss the contact with people. Uh, I miss it. I miss the people. I miss, I miss the, you know, the routine of going to an office. I will say yeah. I'm a lot more relaxed, not doing that, but we also live in New York in a very high stressful environment <laughs> where getting to work could be a whole, like, you know, a whole, you know, a whole week's worth of stress for normal people <laughs> just getting right. there. There's, there could be something wrong with a the taxi. There can be, you know, there could be all kinds of, you know, stressful situations that are avoidable. But for us sure. New Yorkers, just that's the way we live, you know, <laughs> living la vida loca in New York City. I love it. The more time that I spend away from that, you know, you know, crazy life is, uh, is it, the more I realize how unnecessary all this little stresses were for me as a New Yorker, going to work, yeah. working, juggling my life, you know? Yes. I was able to really nest in my house. And, and uh, I, I think it's that part has been fabulous for those yes. changes. And hopefully we can carry those changes in the future with us. The silver lining for sure. Well, we can end it there. This has been so fun. Ronnie, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this episode, which was produced by Pierre Bienname. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Don't forget that we're offering Glossy Podcast listeners 20% off an annual Glossy Plus membership, giving you unlimited access to fashion and beauty stories. Use the code podcast at checkout. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Oh,